Hello and welcome to the Brady Bros Boston Sports Podcast, where we cover everything in the Boston sports world. My name is James Brady, and alongside me is my brother Nicholas. Say hello. Hello, everybody. Today is Monday, November 2nd, and this is episode 65. Let's go. No icing for the first time in 39 years. The Boston Bruins have won the Stanley Cup. And we will start off as we always do with the Boston Red Sox, and it's going to become a quick theme for this week, but I wish we could have better things to talk about. Um, do we want to start with the only good thing we have, or do we want to leave that for a little bit later on? Now let's get it out of the way, because the rest of this is going to be down. Yeah, okay, here. so you can just uh, click JD, off after this. JD will be staying with the Red Sox. He doesn't activate his player option and opt out of his contract. So he will be with the Sox through the end of the, uh, well, just, what will I be think the it's just 2021 next, next season. season. Yeah. Where he has, again, another opt out. We've covered that in previous episodes. That's the bit of good news we have. So, James, just get her, get her rolling. All righty. So, starting off with players we should probably keep around, uh, the Sox don't pick up Martin Perez's options. So. I think it was somewhere around like the six million range. If, I believe if it was six point two five million. So six point two five million. We don't pick up his option. My only, my only like reservation with this is like, okay, so maybe they're working towards a long term deal. I guarantee you that's not going to happen. But that's my like only hope for this situation. I'm pretty sure we both said last week this is a guy we want to see stick around. After it was said that the Red Sox are pretty intent on signing him and keeping him around but we uh we don't pick up the option my only hope is that it's working towards a long-term deal but i wouldn't be surprised if the the Sox are just trying to unload almost any payroll they can and just start over again i mean i i'm not too broken up about this i know we said we wanted to see him because he was like a cheap option who he didn't pitch terribly he went three and five with i believe it was a 4.5 era yeah those numbers sound right so not great, but again, in a season that was pretty bad, he was kind of like a not bad pitcher. I believe he was also the only one to like every time it was his turn in the rotation, he actually made the start versus other pitchers. Like here. every single time throughout the season. Yeah, I think he was the only pitcher on the roster. Uh, again, this doesn't not a not like a huge surprise, I'd say, uh, in a year where we played 60 games and saw something along the lines of 28 or 30 different pitchers on this Red Sox team. Uh, you know, they saw a lot of different people and they might just have plans to move some different guys into the starting rotation and move around. So it gives us $6.25 million to work with. And if that can go towards, you know, signing or extending other people, one of which we'll get to here in a second in Jackie Bradley Jr., uh, I would rather the money go towards that than uh, Martin Perez. But that's, again, just me personally. Yeah, and quickly, I do want to throw in a couple other things. Uh, one of them, only because of uh, me seeing it on Twitter from Jared Carabas. So I believe it was the Cubs didn't pick up John Lester's option. So there's a chance. I'm How hoping. Old is he now, though? 
I mean, he's got to be like in his late thirties, but I'm hoping. I think he's like five million bucks for next season. Come on, Red Sox, give us something to be happy about, something to cheer for, uh, because there's probably not going to be a ton. Also, this is more rumor mill stuff because it's just on Twitter, no confirmed sources, but it is believed, not confirmed, believed that the Sox and Dustin Pedroia are working towards basically mutually ending his contract effectively, ending his career uh, with what I'm guessing, as they see it, not really a return in sight. Once again, that is just a rumor I saw on Twitter, but just more stuff that's sad. I was hoping, and we've talked about this a bit off air, kind of, you know, why he stuck around and just hoping to have like just one decent comeback season. I'm not saying he has to go out there and hit 30 home runs or hit a bunch of doubles and steal all these bases and make all these plays just to have one healthy season because I think he played all of three games in 2018 and i don't think he's played since then again and just missed six so much time 20, 2019 six games in 2019 just so he's played nine games in the last three years yeah and just it's sad to see and it's not a career that's not how you want a guy like dustin Pedroia's career to end in boston and just very very sad but i'm once again a little hopeful because it's only on twitter hoping it isn't confirmed i'm sure the second this show goes live he'll come out and say that he's retiring but that's just the way things go Moving on to what you referenced earlier, the Sox pass on Jackie Bradley Jr.'s qualifying offer of $18.9 million. He is now an unrestricted free agent and can sign with any team. I would re uh, recite the bit about, you know, maybe they're working terms of a long-term thing. Guarantee you they're not. Uh, I It's looking like we're going to let Jackie Bradley walk. And he's as much a guy as we said with Mookie Betts. deserves to go out get his bag, get paid because he's absolutely incredible. What he brings on defense, he can energize the team with his bat here and there. And just, I'm I'm guessing he's going somewhere else. Uh, probably not Boston. If I had to take a wild guess at it. Yeah, unfortunately uh, I'm going to agree with you. This is not a great sign. I feel like if they were going to extend him in some way or sign a long-term deal, like this news wouldn't have, dropped in a way if that makes sense i feel like they would have just like it would have it wouldn't have been they you know passed on the qualifying offer it would have been jackie bradley jr and the red Sox are now working toward a long-term deal uh so this just just the way this happened leads me to believe he might not return obviously like you i'm optimistic that they are working towards something because uh the last couple of years have been tough for us boston fans letting letting a, a lot of big stars go so Maybe maybe we'll get this one back. Yeah, maybe. I, I do partially understand it. I mean, it's very hard to put a price on Jackie Bradley's defensive talent because I would argue he's the best defensive center fielder in the league. But I, I do see where he kind of falls short in terms of batting categories. He's not really known for his bat and his offensive production, much more of a defensive player. And paying $20 million to have just center field locked down, it's a lot of money for a team that, especially in the Red Sox, looks like they're kind of going into that rebuilding stage. But once again, it doesn't mean I don't want to see him. I'd love to see Jackie Bradley out there running around, covering what feels like the entire outfield in Fenway sometimes, making these spectacular plays night after night. But it's just one more thing to kind of keep our eyes on hope. But once again, it's not one of those things where I'm going to be you know, blindsided if, if it doesn't come to fruition. Yeah, and again, like the, the alternative and kind of that little bit of upside or silver lining here is hopefully if they don't sign him, that 
you know, that 19 million is going towards someone to put in a rotation or, you know, fill in some of these other gaps that we do have. All right. Well, other than that, I think that wraps up the Red Sox. And I mean, once again, jump in here at any point if you feel that I say something. But the Celtics, we also don't really have anything to talk about. We're probably getting towards a little bit more of some off-season rumors. It's just been, obviously, everything's different with, you know, the state of the world right now. So the traditional, like, off-season media cycle, all of that's delayed and different than it normally would be. But the Celtics, we really don't have anything to talk about. I'm thinking in coming weeks, we can kind of do some hypotheticals, like, you know, who do we want to see coming in the next couple of years? I think Gordon Hayward's got one year left on his deal. What do we want to do with him? We'll save that for later episodes when we have uh, less stuff to talk about, because I know we've kind of loaded a lot onto the back end of this show in terms of the Patriots segment, and we'll probably continue to do so for a bit. But unless you got anything else to say uh, to stop me from rambling here for a sec, but no, uh, nothing really on the Celtics. And I was going to say nothing on the Bruins. So like you said, the back end of this is going to be loaded with a lot of Patriots content. More than just uh, what is going to be a dismal game breakdown. We're going to go more into the, the league and the division as a whole. But before we do that, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. And we will pick it back up here with the Patriots. And guys, it's not good. It's really not good. Um. If you listen to the Pats preview episode, we were we were pretty optimistic. I would say not pretty optimistic that this was this was where the Patriots could kind of find that turning point, build some confidence, and none of that, none of those things happened. I mean, we'll we'll break down the game first here, and then we're we're gonna get more into the division and, and what this means going forward for the Patriots. But you know, not not I wouldn't say not a terrible offensive or defensive performance. There are just so many areas we can and need to improve in. We did put up 21 points. We did get into the end zone for the first time in like quite a couple six, weeks at least. Six quarters. I don't I don't know what it I mean at least. What was, yeah. the, game, what was the game before the 49ers? It was the Broncos, right? Yes, and I think we did score a touchdown in that game. Yeah, but so like late you know, in over a game, we finally found the back of the end zone. Uh, James, I'm gonna gonna let you run wild here for a couple of minutes and just give us give us your thoughts. Yeah, I was gonna quickly say uh, if if you need to uh, if you need to do, I think what we did once before in a show where I was so angry that you started setting a timer on your phone so I could only talk for a certain amount of time before you just cut me off. Uh, before I got too far away. So if that needs to happen, uh, if there's ever I'll, a show, I'll you in here if you get out if there was ever a show to bring it back, uh, it would be this show I'm, because I'm, I'm about to say a lot of things with a lot of uh, emotion behind them, and I'm just gonna start going. So feel I free might, to. I might just jump in with you to be honest, but go ahead. I will. I will try to keep a leash on things here. Go. All right. Well, I'm gonna right start in. off with. Uh, I I did like. Bill Belichick's post-game conference of this game. One guy was daring enough to ask the question, oh, Bill, you know, looking at the standings, everything going on, is it time you consider Jarrett, you know, have him start a couple of reps at the quarter- quarterback position? He goes, no, Cam's our QB. You know, that's what we start with. And as much as I have joked off the show, and maybe on the show a bit too, about, you know, get rid of Cam Newton, you know, do whatever, it's Stidham season, baby, all that. I'm glad, and I still do want Cam Newton 
to be our quarterback to see out the rest of the season. Uh, because with that, with him in the back, you know, him calling the shots, there's a half decent chance we end the season getting Trevor Lawrence at this rate. We're, we're terrible. We're so bad. And we started off on this promising note, like, okay, you know, it's going to be a different look. It's going to be whatever. And all of that confidence, all of the joy of being a Patriots fan has just washed away in recent weeks. Uh, my fantasy team sucks and the Patriots suck. So I don't have anything to look forward to on the weekends now. I'm getting really far and I haven't even started talking about the actual game. The Patriots just dropping a game that they they should have won. They should have won this game. dropping the game. We'll get into that in a second. Um. But, t- I mean, 21-24, you look at it, it's like, oh, you know, like, Patriots were close there in this game, and they really were. Honestly, they really were in this game every step of the way. Uh, but if you look back at the preview episode, I think I said we need to defer the kick, and, I mean, part of that's out of your control, but defer the kick, go down on our first drive, put up points, play with a lead. And what did we do? We received the kick, uh, probably had a three and out. We, we punted on our first possession. I'm pretty sure Buffalo scored on their first possession, and we played out of the hole the entire game. And it, it just, over and over again, it's week to week, and this is something I brought up a couple weeks ago, and I'm going to bring it up again. We have a loss, and then Cam Newton takes to Twitter, Instagram, a post-game presser to say, oh, man, you know, that was shucks we should have had that one that's on me i can't be doing that i can't be doing this well cam if you can't be doing that and can't be doing this then don't do it because i'm out of times that you can just say oh yeah that's on me i should we should have and bad plays happen unfortunate plays happen a lot of them are happening to us via cam at the end of a game uh a highlight I'll, i'll put up a high note here cam newton i think for the first time in three or four games and you can check me on that uh didn't throw an interception in this game uh, but because he didn't throw an interception, you know, the, the karma of the universe had to balance out. So he decided, I shouldn't say decided. So he fumbled on the game winning drive. Uh, we're, we're in the red zone at this point. We're 40 seconds left on the clock. We, we need to, at very most at very, at ver- or at very least, we just need to kick a field goal. We're in the game. We send it to OT and you know, whatever happens, happens. But no, we uh, we get down about the red zone and we just the ball gets punched out. Bills recover, games away. Like we don't even get to see. At least in the Seahawks game, we got to like see on the to down to the very last play what was going to happen. Uh, and that was just literally you know stripped from us in the last thirty seconds of the game. It is so frustrating week after week to feel like this Patriots team is right there. They they have been honestly in the last with the exception of the 49ers game. I mean, we're that game-winning drive away from beating the Bills. We are one score away from beating the Broncos. Chiefs game's kind of iffy, but I mean, the Seahawks game, we're one drive away. It seems like we're just so close, but this is a Patriots team that, that can't close it out. They can't close out a close game. They can't play from behind. I just don't have that same confidence as a fan going down the field at the end of the game. I get hopeful. I'm dumb, and I get hopeful every single time we have that late-game situation to go put important points on the board, and we just can't do it. And that's not all Cam Newton's fault. I have targeted Cam Newton very heavily, and partially it's his fault, yes, but part of it isn't on him. We don't have we don't have offensive weapons either, and this is something we've talked about at length, but our top three receivers on the day were Jacoby Myers, Demir Bird, and James White. Uh, James White had two catches on the day, keep in mind. 
But, I mean, we're, we're running guys out there that no one's ever heard of. We're not going out. There's, there's very good offensive talent out there that this team could go and get. There's receivers who want to be so far away from where they're currently playing. And the one that comes to mind, I believe, is I think it's John Ross who plays for the Bengals. Someone Ross plays for the Bengals, says, I want to get out of here. This team sucks. And not that the Patriots are honestly much of an improvement anymore because the Bengals at least kind of have a future in Joe Burrow. I mean, they're not making moves to go pick up players that they need. They're not building. I mean, this is why Tom Brady left because we didn't have offensive talent. And now we're we're doing the same thing to a different quarterback and, and just not putting around him the weapons that we need to be a successful team. I mean, Damian Harris having a decent game on the ground, 102 yards and a touchdown on 16 carries. Cam Newton, I'm happy to say again, did actually rush the ball pretty effectively. Uh, nine carries, 54 yards and a touchdown. But, you know, we're not getting that same offensive production we need to be getting. I mean, Sony Michelle's been out with COVID and stuff. So that's kind of, once again, a separate issue. But something that's that's dragging this team down. We don't have that offensive, you know, wide receiver talent. Julian Edelman's out for a couple weeks uh, having knee surgery. Nikhil Harry's probably going to be back this week after having a concussion, but even he's still going to be in rough shape. This is a team that needs to go get talent. We have the trade deadline coming up. I guarantee you this team's just going to sit and, and watch it pass them by, if not get rid of talent. And that's something I'll once again talk about later on. I'll save that for later because as if I haven't said enough already, but this is a team that if we even want a chance at a, at a winning season at this point, I think we need to go out and acquire a, a, some sort of some sort of piece, some sort of offensive talent that is going to make this team so much better. And maybe all of this complaining and all of this frustration is going to be you know negligible in the bigger picture when we think about you know how much defensive talent we're missing, how much of a new system it is this year, and. It's if the Patriots continue down this path for the foreseeable future, that's when I'm going to get really, really upset versus this just being really upset for right now. But it just, I, I don't even think I talked that much about the game. I'm just, it, it's so frustrating. The Patriots are not, they haven't been this bad a football team in a very long time. And I'm going to stop gonna, talking gonna, for a second yeah, so I'm you can take that. Uh, I'm going to, for the first little bit here, I'm going to play devil's advocate and kind of try to focus on uh, like the, the tiny bright spots. And then I also want to, want to throw a couple facts at you. Uh, yes, this is the first time Cam Newton has not thrown an interception this, this year since week one. Remember he missed the, the chiefs game. Um, but this is also. He has turned the ball over in one way or another every week besides week one at Miami. You look interception in week two, three, two in week six, uh, three in week seven. And then he had fumbles in uh, weeks. Six, nope. Sorry. That's. Oh, yes. Fumbles this week and two fumbles uh, in week six. You know, he's only thrown for over 200 yards one time this year, and that was his by far best offensive performance in that Seattle Seahawks game. Uh, you bring up some good points. You know, we're really missing, like we are one play against the Seahawks, one drive against the Broncos, and this one play against, I mean, you would argue this one play, but we'll call it one drive against Buffalo uh, from being a very, from being uh, five and two instead of two and five. 
Um, but that aside, you we didn't make those plays. We didn't complete those drives. So we here we are sitting at two and five. Uh, and I'm going to bounce back over to the box score for the game real quick. Because uh, I do want to focus on Jacoby Myers. It's Jacoby, right? Yeah. And Demir Bird. Uh, two of our young receivers, I would argue Jacoby Myers really stepped up, had a solid game with six receptions, 58 yards. Uh, and I want to put some of this on cam. You know, these these younger receivers are, you know, this is their chance and they want to go out there and have fantastic games so they can be like, hey, coach, look at me, like put me in more plays. And, you know, I don't know that Cam Newton's the quarterback you want thrown to you right now. 15 for 25, 174 yards. Like I said, he hasn't thrown for over 200 yards all season besides the Seahawks game where he threw for almost 400. Uh, the defense was, you know, I don't know, eh, I guess, gave up 24 points. I, someone in the Bills organization has listened to our preview episodes because sure enough, oh, we need to force the Bills to run the ball and run the ball. They did uh, rushing for a total of 38 times. Um, Jared Allen, Josh Allen, pardon me. Don't know why I said Jared. Thinking Stidham, I guess. Put him in. Uh, Josh Allen rushing for 10 of those 38 attempts, 23 yards, but Singletary and Moss each having over 80 yards uh, on 14 carries. You know, Josh Allen, really not a great game. 11 for 18, 154 yards and one interception. So Cam actually outperformed him. But, you know, Buffalo hit that run game and we, and we couldn't stop him. It was, it was very reminiscent of last week versus uh, the 49ers where even it was their what third string running back was just carving us up on the last couple of drives. You're like, okay, we need to stop here in the end of the third quarter. Okay. You need to stop in the fourth quarter and just, you know, we, we can't stop them on the ground. We can't stop them through the air. Again, our secondary coming up with another intercept. Who had the interception? Do you JC remember? JC Jackson. JC Jackson. I think he's leading the league possibly in interceptions this up. year or tied for the lead or something like that. But I mean, aside from, you know, these young receivers and the fact that Cam looked half decent on the ground and that we were able to shut down uh, Josh Allen, I keep wanting to say Jared for some reason, uh, to a reasonable game. I think those are the small bright spots you can take away. But, you know, I think we were going into this game hoping to answer a couple of big questions. And I think you're left with with more questions than when we started. Uh, I'm not. I'm not entirely with you. I know you made the joke that you want Cam Newton starting uh, starting as our QB because we might end up getting Trevor Lawrence. I don't know how we're going to possibly do worse than the Jets because if we lose the Jets, I may have to switch teams for the season. I will explain that theory in the preview episode next week or this coming week, so look forward to that. All right. Well, a little bit of teaser there for you. Uh, but I'm, I'm not convinced that Cam Newton should be our quarterback for the rest of the year. If you're going to put up performances horrible performances i would argue like this in like the last couple of weeks if you're gonna you know not come through in the big moments uh, i'm gonna quote again you know the seattle game questionable but you gotta put a game-winning drive together against the denver broncos you gotta put up at least a, a, something more than two field goals against the 49ers and you gotta put up more than a hundred and what did i say it was 174 yards uh, if you want to win football games. So I know Stidham has been extremely shaky in the in the games that we have seen him in the few times we have seen him. But, you know, maybe we can work those those kinks out with eight weeks left in the season. That's that's what we got left here or uh, nine weeks rather. But. I'm not I'm not sold on Cam Newton. Oh, OK. Hot take. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not gonna sit here and argue with you. I I do contest the point once again. I will stand by Cam Newton. I I don't think Jarrett Stidham has played well enough at all to warrant putting him in to like feel like be- better about what's going on. Let Let me be clear. It, I'm not saying it, I don't think he's I I think he's played well. I'm just arguing that Cam Newton also hasn't, hasn't played, played well. well. That's fair. So uh, and also not, to go back on your Stidham point, rising up, it's Cam falling down. Going back to your point about J.C. Jackson, he's in a three-way tie for first place in the league in interceptions with four, along with Kendall Fuller and Xavier Howard. Uh, okay, I think I've done enough complaining about uh, last game. Quickly to throw in here, the last time we've lost four straight was 2002, and we finished 9-7 and seven that year. At least we finished with the winning record, but we missed the playoffs. And we have not started 2-5 and five since 2000, literally before I was born. And that season went 5-11. and 11. Uh, But we all know what happened after that, so I can't really complain about that either. Basically, getting at the point, it's been a very, 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 very long time since this team has done as poorly as it's doing right now. And one stat that had me laughing during the broadcast was the fact that the Patriots scored on back-to-back drives in, in this past game, which was one of the only high points. And I think it was the first time they had done that since, was it last? Scored, I think it was scored touchdowns on back-to-back drives. All season. I want to say at least since last season. Or, like, yeah, like you said, through, through all of this season. I think it was the first time it's happened. And this is a team that we need to be able to do that. We can't win games when we're scoring, you know, once a quarter. We got to be scoring consistently, and we just haven't done that at very, very clearly shown through the stats used uh, in the broadcast. But anyways, we will move on, I think, if you're ready, to more of an AFC East look at everything, just kind of taking a look at the standings, you know, where the other teams are at, what we think is going to happen maybe, how we feel about everything, unless you want to add anything else, but I'm pretty much ready to move to that point if you are. No, I think I think let's move toward it. And I think the way we should start here is is with the best case scenario and kind of work our way back from there. Uh, that way we're not just negative, negative, negative all right in a row. Um, so best case scenario is somehow the Patriots turn this around and win the division. What that is going to take is an entirely different question. You have a very good Bills team, uh, as shown by this weekend. And, you know, we talked about how the Bills schedule doesn't quite reflect, you know, um, or their record, pardon me, doesn't quite reflect how how they're actually playing football. But uh, at the end of the day, they are, I would say, an above-average football team. Uh, and that is going to be our main competition for for this AFC East division. If we want to have any hope of, of winning it, we really need to win that game yesterday. But that didn't happen. Also, the Miami Dolphins not having a horrible year. What are they, four and three? Yes, four and three. Where am I standing? So there they are. Yes, four and three. Uh, so what is it going to take for us to win win this division? Uh, it's going to take us beating the Dolphins once again for sure, and then again beating the Bills and you know winning uh, all our inter uh, inter division matchups. Um, we're blessed that we still have two games against the Jets, whereas the Dolphins, I believe, have already played the Jets. Once, once along with the bills yeah. actually the bills have played played the jets twice already twice already so th- so there you go um 
But, you know, very similar schedules going forward for the Patriots, for the Dolphins, for the Bills. The only game we have in difference is the Buffalo plays the Steelers, where we replace that with the Texans. And Miami replaces that game with the Cincinnati Bengals. But other than that, you know, going forward is is pretty similar with the interdivisional matchups, like I said. And then the Bills and Miami kind of play teams that we've already played, and we play teams that Bills and Miami have already played. So, James, what do you, like, do, do we even stand a chance, I guess, at winning this division? Statistic, statistically, obviously, yes, we do. Uh, but realistically, what what is it going to take? I think we're right on the tipping point. I mean, the Patriots are a game or two, like just losing a game or two away from being out out for the count, uh, short of a miracle. But, you know, realistically, it's possible. I know we talked about, oh, if the Patriots want to make the playoffs, you're going to have to beat the Bills. I honestly think like making the playoffs in general, we still have an okay chance. Not, not, not good. It, it, the chance is there. Winning the division just got a lot harder, but luckily we do have, like you said, the two games against the Jets and a game to make back a tiebreaker with the Bills. So if we tie with them, we can on, you know, point differential, whatever the tiebreakers are down the stretch, um, we can we can look at those. But it, it's doable. It, it just it's very difficult. I mean, we've seen Josh Allen hasn't looked good in, in weeks. We talked about that in the preview, you know, Ever since they played the Titans, he's looked very spooked. I mean, we held them to a not stellar performance last week. And they're playing, you know, Seahawks, Cart. I mean, Seahawks defense isn't very good, but like, you know, Cardinals, 49ers defense, Steelers defense, which is best in the league, the Broncos defense, which is still a competent defense. There's a chance for error on the part of the Bills, and that's not even taking into account Miami. They also have some tough matchups coming up. Like you said, we do share a lot of similar matchups, but they're going to be playing the Raiders, who look decent, the Chiefs, who are obviously very good. I mean, even the Bengals at this point can't even be counted out. Uh, the Broncos, like I said, Chargers, Cardinals, all those teams. I don't think we're... I Believe me, it feels... It very much feels like we are out of it. I don't think we're... I, Somehow the fandom is keeping me saying this. I don't think we're completely out of it. I think we're darn close. We're, we're definitely walking that line and towing it very, very closely. There's a, a chance. But, I mean, you're, you're asking us to make up at least, I would say to feel confident, make up two or three games on both the Dolphins and the Jets when we're playing the, the Ravens. Bills. The Bills. Oh, on the Bills and the Dolphins even at that point. Because... If we come in second in the division, we can still get in on the new playoff format. I mean, or the, or the old playoff format, but still, that's besides the point. We're playing good teams moving down the stretch. We have to play the Bills again. And if we want to in any way win the division, that game needs to be won. Mm -hmm. We're playing the Rams, who are good. Chargers are decent. Cardinals are good offensively. Texans, they're kind of a train wreck, but watch us lose to them. I mean, the Ravens are one of the best teams in the league. And unless this Patriots team can just scrape together an incredible second half of the season, basically, I, this season might be down the drain. And like I said before, maybe next year when our defense comes back, hopefully just the, the world and you know the sports world looks different next year, especially considering how far away the next football season is. That's all kind of besides the point. Maybe this will all be 
just kind of an outlier when you look at it all in the grand scheme of things. But we we need to win football games. I think it, it comes down to that. We need to. It's we either need to get in a position to just either run away with or comfortably play with a lead for the rest of the game because we've proven we can't come back or a flip needs to switch and this team needs to be able to deliver important drives, which they've, I would argue, they've yet to deliver one important drive all season long. Switch needs to flip. You said a flip needs to switch. Regardless, I I'm just so angry. He's, I'm he's switching my metaphors. sentences up too. Um, I I 100 agree. Don't don't get me wrong. I think if you want to win this division, you you get one more, you get one more game in the lost column, and that's it. You you have to win from here on out. Um, let's move maybe into some more realistic scenarios now. Um, we we do play good football teams down the stretch. You're right. We got the Ravens again, the Texans, like you said, a little bit of a train wreck, but there are some competent players. Deshaun Watson is a half decent QB. Um, I would argue, there. huh? said i would argue probably if yes. not better but i mean I, I he's a good qb it's more so like the, the the team around him that i'm kind of judging that on but yes uh the cardinals looking pretty good this year i would argue chargers and rams i think uh the chargers aren't great if i remember correctly and the rams uh are looking decent although they did just lose a pretty big game to miami i would argue uh and then we finish out with three divisional games uh you know buffalo highlighting that one again uh, we're very lucky to still have our two games against the Jets, although if we screw one of those up, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, but more realistically, we are, we are, we're going for that wild card spot now because the Bills more than likely are are going to probably run away with this, I would say. Maybe not run away, but... There's a pretty good chance. You know, you know establish themselves above us. So, so now it's all about catching Miami and, and getting ourselves in a position to you know, snag one of those wildcard spots. And even that is going to take, you don't get many, many, uh, many losses left. I would argue two more losses, maybe three. If we get really lucky on some tiebreakers, we, we got to start winning football games. And I, and, oh, thank, thanks someone. We have the jets next week. Cause this, I mean, we'll break that game obviously down in the Pats preview, but if there was a, if there was a game to build some confidence and, and build some offense, that's it. Yeah, and you talk about the playoffs, and I want to look at this a little bit deeper in terms of, so obviously the expanded playoff format might be a little bit different. So if you want to look up what the new playoff format is, feel free to do that and then kind of hop yep. in where there might be some discrepancies. But the standard is still going to be, you know, the top from each uh, conference or division rather, um, is going to make the playoffs. So at, at as of right now, it is the Bills from the East, Chiefs from the West, Steelers from the North, Titans from the South in the AFC. But you look at a lot of those like second place teams in the divisions who are probably going to be scrapping for a wild card spot. You have the Colts in the South who are five and two, the Ravens and Browns who are five and two and five and three in the North, the Raiders who are four and three, and Broncos who are three and four. Luckily, we have a tiebreaker over the Raiders and the Broncos. Hopefully, they just do poorly. But we're going to have to beat out. If we're looking for a wild card spot, we're going to have to, first of all, even beat out Miami. But we're going to have to be beating out teams that are, you know, have two or three games on us already. So if we really, really want to get into this, we're going to have to win. We're going to have to win important matchups. Unfortunately, 
we don't have a ton of matchups against teams that would matter in a wild card setting. I mean, the Ravens, but that's asking a lot. Uh, the Broncos, we've already lost to. Raiders, we have beat, but you got to be better than, I believe, I mean, what, eight teams make it in? That's six wild card games. Across both conferences, right? So three. The NFL has added two wildcard spots. There will now be three wildcard teams in NFC and uh, three in the AFC. So, yes. Okay, so there's seven playoff teams. Seven playoff teams. So, you have to be... Only the number one seed needs to buy. Be the seventh best team. And I can tell you right now, especially right now, there are more than seven better teams than the Patriots. So... You gotta you gotta beat out a lot of teams here, and I don't know if the Patriots are capable of it. There's a couple that we can probably write off in Texans who are one and six, Jags one and six, Chargers two and five, Jets zero oh and eight. But once again, like I said, watch us find a way to uh to figure something out with that one. But it's gonna be tough. That's all I'm gonna say. I mean, it, it's not out of the realm of possibility statistically. We're getting there. We are inching closer and closer to it every week, but we got to make a lot, a lot, a lot of big plays in the next couple of weeks. Big plays at, in, in big moments. To put this into perspective, we are 13th in the AFC right now. Uh, the seven cutoff line is the Browns. Now, this is just the conference uh, as a whole. It's not like taking into account who's the division leader and who, like there could be three teams from. Oh, wait, that can work. You can You can have that actually in football, can't you? In terms of wild card, uh, yeah. Like you can have three teams from the same division. Make Very it. unlikely, uh, but yes, but possible. Yeah, we, we got to make up some ground. Luckily, teams ahead of us, uh, you know, we, we play the Chargers. That'll give us a leg up should it come to a tiebreaker. Um, you mentioned, you know, we lost to the Broncos, beat the Raiders. but uh, And luckily, we have a game against Miami left. Uh, and, you know, hopefully we'll get the tiebreaker there. But we got to, you know, the Bengals are ahead of us. I'm hoping we can beat them out. Broncos are ahead of us. And they probably won't go anywhere this year. Uh, the Dolphins, we've talked about the Raiders, you know, teams in this in this kind of cutoff line are the Raiders, Browns, Titans and Dolphins. So we got to we got to establish ourselves. And like I, it comes down to winning football games and obviously much easier said than done. Uh, but. You know, we, we haven't seen a streak like this or a season like this, I would argue, from the Patriots in in a very long time, uh, like you mentioned after our ranting there uh and and something's got to give so i don't know if you want to keep continue to talk about this breakdown or or what do you what needs to change going forward how are we gonna win football games obviously you know if if either of us were in an actual position where you know we knew how to win football games we probably wouldn't be talking about it on a podcast we'd probably be talking about it with people who but you know from from our like amateurs perspective what what do we need to do what needs to change I think it's going to come down a lot to igniting the offense and keeping talent around. And there's one thing that we didn't even talk about at all uh, during this. So I guess I'll just quickly throw in now. That is Stefan Gilmore has listed his house for sale. So there's a chance he's on his way out of New England, which is terrible considering he is probably the best player on our defense right now. Previously, the defensive player of the year, an incredible anchor in our secondary who didn't play and I mean JC Jackson's good and we have some decent players still in the secondary but a guy that I I don't think we can afford to see walk and I talked about before going out and getting some talent at the trade deadline and it's tough to say that because 
our chances of winning the Super Bowl this year really aren't super good by the looks of things. And you typically want to go out and get people when you think you have a chance at winning it all. But I think to even put yourself in a decent position, you got to go out and get talent. What needs to change? I think you need to ignite the offense as well. I, I think we saw more of it this week with Cam Newton using his legs a little bit, getting Damian Harris going on the ground, but we're going to need offensive talent and it's going to be tough because our best receiver is going to be out for at least three or four more weeks with knee surgery. Nikhil Harry's coming back, but He's a second-year player who doesn't have a ton of experience. Go out and get a receiver that's going to change the dynamic of this offense. It's going to give Cam the space to run when he needs it and Cam a target because you see him go through his reads all the time and either take a sack or scramble forward for two yards because he gets through his progressions and no one's open. We need guys for him to throw to. He needs to be working that offense more. And I think the defense really hasn't been terrible. I say that and we gave up 33 points, you know, a week and a half ago, but I think it's going to come down to just putting up points. I look at, we have one of the lowest points for, I think the second lowest points for in all of the AFC just behind, I mean, just ahead of the Jets. I mean, well ahead of the Jets in terms of the actual points, but we need to be putting up points. We really don't like our points against isn't terrible. It's pretty low considering our record, but we're not doing anything on the offensive side of the ball. And we talked about this kind of last week after having, you know, six, 12 and 10 in our last couple games. This is a team that needs to find the end zone that needs to find just the offensive side of the field, being able to kick field goals and get in the end zone. We really need to find ways to get in the end zone. I don't even think we've seen like a decent line, like distance passing touchdown in all season. I don't even think we have a passing touchdown of over like 15 or 20 yards if i had to guess i mean our longest play of this game was 28 yards to james white through the air so yeah screen pass um if i had to guess i think that's what needs to change i there was one other thing i was going to say oh yeah and that's looking at the entire afc east just looking at what teams are there this is me not really knowing their schedules heading down the stretch i mean i would say if we want to get into this this is already asking a lot, but if we want to get into this playoffs, like on a prayer, we can afford to lose, I would say two more football games. And if we want to give ourselves a good chance of getting in the playoffs, we can maybe afford to lose one more football game. And you could, you ask for one loss between once again, jets, Ravens, Texans, Cardinals, chargers, Rams, dolphins, bills, jets. Again, I would say the Ra- the Ravens game, but that's asking us to close out a season 5-0 and against three, at least I would consider Chargers, Rams, and Bills, though the record doesn't really reflect it for the Chargers, three decent football teams. And one more thing about the Chargers, I think they're the only team that have lost several games while having a, I think it was either 14 or 17 point lead. But if that's what it comes down to in that game, the Patriots need to play from behind and make important drives, which they haven't done all season at this point. So... I'm getting way too ahead of myself here, but I realistically think if we want any shot, we can not afford to lose more than two games, if not just the one game. If we, There's a good chance we, we lose one game the rest of the season and still don't make it in. Yeah, I want to... I don't know. A 10, a 10 and 6 should put us there, hypothetically, if, if we only lose one more game. But we, we need some sort of... I think you bring up a good point about the wide receivers. Um, take away all, all the injuries and the COVID... Um, I guess Sonny Michelle's old, the only one uh, that's out on the COVID list right now. 
I believe so, but so honestly, I'm not saying it's week don't, to week. Don't include so. the don't include the opt outs, obviously. But but you know, if if the guys that were playing this season were healthy, you're you're not looking at a Super Bowl caliber team. I don't think. Maybe if Cam was in his prime, and you, you know, guys like Edelman were in his when they're in their prime. But we, I think, you say Edelman in his prime, he, he put up the most yards he's had in a game ever. Couple weeks, ago. I mean, week two, but because he's the only option. <laughs> Fair, but continue. But I think right now, more than more than ever, where you have Nikhil Harry, Jacoby Myers, uh, Demir Bird, three, they're all very young wide receivers, correct? I mean, I think both young and just inexperienced, whether they're young or old. So I think you need to go out and get not necessarily a blockbuster name at the trade deadline, but maybe just an older veteran that has, you know, been to the playoffs, been in these tough situations who can kind of unite and kind of lead the way for these younger wide receivers. Uh, but before that even happens, you need Cam Newton needs some confidence, whether it's on the ground, whether it's through the air, you just like. To, to go out week after week and, you know, fail to make the big plays like every week he must go in with doubt. And I mean, we as Patriots fans do as to what that week's going to bring. He needs to build some confidence. He needs to throw for, you know, three, 400 yards. He needs to find the back of the end zone through the air and not just, you know, running him himself from two, four, seven yards out, whatever it is. I think you build some confidence with him and you if you give some of these younger wide receivers a guy to unite behind and a guy to kind of bring some experience, again, not necessarily a blockbuster name, but someone to kind of lead these younger guys or inexperienced guys, and you're looking at a very different team. The defense is, again, has been questionable at times. You, you mentioned giving up 33 to the 49ers, but I think the defense is is definitely the best part of our game right now, easy to say. Uh, you know, when we had defensive player of the year last year, but not as easy to say when you give up, you know, uh, so many yards on the ground this past week. But I think you really need to focus on some offensive weapons right now, because like you said, the Patriots just aren't finding the end zone. Yeah. And speaking of, I wanted to bring up one thing. This is my bold prediction, because I think we're kind of winding down here. Yes. Um, I think, you, yeah, like you said, you need to get, you know, these big games like two, three, four hundred passing yards. Get it going. I mean, it's it's hard to have a 400 passing yard game and also have your run game going too. So I'll I'll give it that. But you know, 250, 300 passing yards, maybe an interception. But I'll stick by it. I think this is my prediction moving forward. I think any game that the Patriots can score two touchdowns through the air, two passing touchdowns, they will win. They'll win any game that they score two passing touchdowns uh, because it hasn't happened all season. And like I said last week, I would have made you some money if you took my advice on the uh, the pre- uh, preview episode saying take the under on Cam one and a half passing touchdowns because it's never going to happen most likely. But I think this is a team that like needs to be able to score through the air. We've seen the ground game. We've seen scoring on the ground. But if we get to the red zone and the, every team we're playing knows we're, uh, we're going to run the ball, it's a lot easier to stop. When you know what's coming. And you can do some diversions with an option play where Cam takes it or pitches it to the running back. But, you know, drop back and throw the ball. We haven't seen it much all season, especially when it comes to scoring. We need to see passing touchdowns. That's my my big thing moving forward. We need the passing touchdowns. I will stand by it. Any game this season that we score more than two passing touchdowns, we will win. That's that. And that's a guarantee. 
Well, we'll have to fact check that at the end of the season, but I, I tend to agree with you. We need to, we need to see. I, hey, it's a, point, it's a win-win think... for me. Either we put up points and I look like an idiot or we don't. And I look smart. So I don't, I don't know what the cost of it is, but there's very little room for error on that one. I think it's pretty safe. I honestly don't care where it comes from at this point. I just want to see, you know, more than like 20 points on the scoreboard for us at the end of the game. Uh, that being said, we will get into the full breakdown of the Jets game uh, later in the week with our Pats preview episode. Um, but that's pretty much going to wrap it up. What was filled with a lot of hot takes, a lot of long rants. I think, James, you spoke at the beginning of the Patriots segment for maybe five six seven minutes straight um but i think i think a lot of the points we made today were valid whether our listeners agree i i don't know whether the league agrees i don't know but from where we stand right now uh it's pretty obvious that something has to change with this patriots team if we want to make the playoffs uh that being said any any parting words advice anything another hot take maybe uh no i just we Nothing that I can't get into on the preview episode. I'm just, right, I'm so sad. That's it. That's what I'll end with. I'm sad as well. Tune in later in the week for the preview episode. Uh, that being said, despite all the negativity, despite the, the rants, the, the putting down of the Patriots, just that overall somber attitude of, of what has been the last couple of podcasts, I would argue. Um, thank you guys all so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Uh, it's, it's tough right now in Boston sports and it's been tough for the first time in, in a while, I think, um, you know, aside from a couple of championships a couple of years ago, but we're doing our best. That being said, thank you again all for listening. We really do appreciate it. Uh, leave us a rating, leave us a comment, leave us, you know, some sort of feedback. Let us know what we can do different, better, worse, what we can change, what we should add, what we should take away, anything. We are open to any and all suggestions. And we just like to hear back from you guys. Uh, if you want to keep up with us outside of the podcast, our Instagram is Brady Bros Boston. Our YouTube is Brady Bros. My Twitter is Brady Bros Nick. James' Twitter is James B underscore Boston. Anything else, James? That's no, no, nothing else. Thank you again all so much for listening. See ya.